0: Whether you're standing in line for coffee, or you're at Demo Day, or attending a virtual networking event, and you're asked to quickly share your value prop on the screen, founders, you need to be quick pitch ready. And our guest is a corporate storyteller and pitch alchemist, and she knows how to powerfully convey your message so you give investors exactly what they need to hear and to help you land that coveted Meeting, I can just feel the delicious outcome for you after hearing our guest's incredible advice today. Stay tuned, stay tuned for the Start of Life Live Show. Let's glow. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Startup Life Live Show. I'm your host, Andy Lyons, four-times founder and startup champion to founders around the world, and after raising four businesses of my own, I now share founder startup stories to help newly minted business owners find the solutions and inspiration they need to succeed, and I am thanking you founder for carving out time to up your founder game while cheering on a fellow founder. You never know. You might hear something that goes, oh, oh, my gosh, that's exactly what I needed to hear or a solution, which is something that's just going to trigger all sorts of delicious problem-solving inspiration for you and your business. And if you're joining us live or via replay, be sure to say hello in the comments, ask any questions, and just share what's going on with you. And remember, I always love to promote you and your business. So, excuse me, be sure to pop any information about your business into the comment threads as well. And thank you for sharing your like love on this video. Excuse me for one second. allergies and thank you for sharing your like love on this video wherever you are watching (laughs) if you're tuning in from youtube please share your subscribe love and click on the bell icon for alerts thank you so much you see by sharing your like love you know we're live right now on linkedin twitch twitter um facebook And YouTube. And when you click on that like love, it goes out into your stream and other founders will hear or see this in their thread. And you have no idea. It might help somebody maximize the joy and minimize the heartache in their founder journey. And how do you know whenever I post a new show on the Startup Life Live show? Will you come on over and join us at the Startup Life Live meetup group? You can scan that QR code or you can hit that link, bit.ly backslash Startup Life Live, and I'll have that link in the show notes as well to join the group, and that way you get alerted whenever I have a really cool new founder coming on and sharing their founder stories, like the one we have today. And if you resonate with the show's mission of amplifying diverse founder voices while serving first-time founders around the world, please reach out to me to learn more about how you can make a greater impact On the startup ecosystem through sponsoring the Startup Life Live show. Andy at andylions.com is how you reach me. So I'm so excited to share with you our guest today. It's Donna Griffith, and I'm going to just pop up a wonderful image for you to look at while I read her incredible background. She's a corporate storyteller who has worked globally for over 17 years with Fortune 500 companies, startups, and investors in a wide variety of industries. And Donna has this unique ability to magically spin raw data into compelling stories that captivate audiences and drive results. She's consulted and trained clients in over 30 countries, helping them create, edit, and deliver verbal and written presentations, pitches, and messages. And I got to tell you, this is what we really love about Donna, are you ready? Through her guidance, clients have raised over a billion dollars, and she has an impressive track record helping female founders secure funding. Oh my gosh, what's not to love about this guest? Let's bring her into the room. Hey, Donna, so wow. happy to see you. I'll put that energy, in my morning. <laughs> Thank you. like, totally not celebrating.
1: maracca in, right? <laughs>
0: You know, between the opening music and this, you know, we get our vibration lifted and we get to celebrate you and all the remarkable work you're doing in the world. And I am just a huge fan because how you help founders is significant. You know, landing that coveted meeting, getting that message out to folks is so important. And you have years of experience doing this and a track record for it. And I really appreciate the work and effort you've put into your work and your business and helping founders so thank Thank you
1: you. I'm just lucky to do what I love and what I'm good at and be able to help these brilliant and somebody once called me a polisher of diamonds so I I really see it that way I I I meet new raw diamonds every day and you know take away all the luster out
0: Well, Donna, this is many a founder is launching as a founder their first time. They're moving out of being an employee. But even those who have experience, each business is different and you have different messaging for each business and it needs a pro. Founders, don't try to do this alone. Seriously. And we're going to go deep, of course, into all the deliciousness that you're going to need to have a great quick pitch. But it's so important that you get the professional help you need. Don't do this at home alone. Uh, how, many, how
1: many iterations of your pitch decks did you have when, when getting funding for your business? I'm curious. Me? Yeah.
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, first of all, for my .com. Now, folks, yeah, I'm dating myself. This was 1998. We use binders. Okay. So... It was a whole different world when you went to pitch and you had, you know, long, long investor meetings. But of course, in 1998, money was flowing. So, you know, we didn't, we didn't have that calculated, you know, when I, for my um, food manufacturing business, Donna, it was a conversation. I met this guy, was introduced to him. I went in, did a quick pitch and boom, secured the bag. Well, it was today,
1: right? Pardon me? If only it was so easy today. Just go in, go out, you have a check. Yay.
0: <laughs> well, you know who we had on for the 100th episode celebration was Jenny Lefcourt. And she has a, had a very successful dot com business that she you know, sold for a bajillion dollars. She had come out of Stanford in 97 and raised money beautifully for all of her businesses, Donna. And when she started, you know, women started coming to her in 2012, 2015, 2017, and saying, it's really hard out there. And she's like, what do you mean? You know, it just, it was so easy for me to raise money. And the women are like, no, we got a bro culture happening. And it's a whole different ball game. So I'm excited to dive in and learn out how you are, you know, helping the female founders get the, you know, the money and the funding they need, because it's one thing to launch a business, but if you need to feed that business, it's going to need oxygen and food in the source of capital. So I want to remind everybody just a a quick, uh, some notes here for everybody. Amplify your brand, share your business name, one-liner and website URL in the comments, and we will showcase and celebrate you and your wonderful work live during the show. And, um, Also, do not hesitate to pop in questions in the comment threads because we're going to learn from you and you never know who's going to watch this later and learn from your wonderful question. And more importantly, we're here to help you have an ideal outcome with your quick pitches. All right. But before we dive in, I always like to get into a little background with my guests, as you know. So, you know, you have been an entrepreneur for a while. What called you to launch your first business, Donna, and actually put a shingle out and say, I'm off payroll, folks. Well, um, my first business I launched
1: when I was seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I identified a need, a problem. There were not enough birthday entertainers for young kids. Uh, and my my pilot, my beta version of being a clown entertainer for kids' birthdays was my sister's four year old birthday, um, where I just you know kind of pulled something out of the closet, put hearts on my cheeks. I was hearts the clown, uh, and then I decided to scale, and I. I got a VC investment of $50, um, uh, my mom, and we had a whole contract uh, set out. So I, would, you know, she got a real return on her investment. And I bought, you know, clown makeup and everything and printed out flyers, put them at the schools. And I reached cash flow positive quite fast. But my VC, I, I hadn't taken on a good lawyer for the contract. So she kept getting dividends for the rest of her life. But that's okay. You know, it's it's, it's motherly pride. And now as the mom of girls, I, I you know,
0: Oh my gosh, Donna. See, everybody, do you see what a storyteller
1: she is? (laughs) Well, but here's the thing. Um, I have never, unless you count waitressing or the four months I I did at um, my college's uh, employment agency, I have never held an actual job. I've always had my own businesses. Um, And whether it was, uh, I, I was off, doing contracting work, doing simultaneous translations, and I was acting, and I was this, and I was that. But um, I've really never had a nine-to-five job.
0: Wow.
1: I I guess it's a twenty four seven job, (laughs) (laughs) but I've always worked for myself. And in this particular position, it's been 17 years since I've had my own uh, subcontracting and consulting business on presentations, storytelling, writing, skills.
0: Oh my gosh, Donna, I got to tell you, did did you, was that like done in your family? Did you have all these examples growing up or you were just like, "Mm -mm, I'm doing this on my own? You know, I I really, I'm trying to think back
1: um, where this drive came from and it's something internal. Um, I have a mother who always um, said, you know, find what you love, do what you love, I'll support you completely. She never said like, oh no, go be a lawyer, go be a doctor.
0: Thank um, you, mom.
1: Thank you, mom. Um, my father uh, was a salesman and that's very much entrenched in me. He's, he, you know, they both were very much people, person. people People, people, so person, peoples. <laughs> so the whole art of the gab is, is kind of in, in, entrenched in my genes. But when I was 16, my great uncle, took me to meet a career counselor friend of his and when I told he asked what do you love to do and I said um I love people and I love acting and he's like oh well you know there's this thing called drama therapy and it was like so you know sometimes you hear those chords of hallelujah angels singing I'm like what did somebody invent that for me and um the rest of of everything I did towards the master's in drama therapy that I did at NYU was geared towards that So it's like, I knew that that's the direction that I wanted to head in.
0: Excellent. And so how has drama therapy served you in, you know, in the last 17 years? How have you brought that in? Because, you know, our education and our lived experiences add every day to what we're doing.
1: Absolutely. So I I was in New York um, in uh, 2000 and uh, it was from 2000 to 2006. Wow very uh, interesting years. We just yes. had 20th anniversary of 9-11 yes. we down the street, literally from the uh. town. It was an incredible time. So drama therapy was amazing. Um, I, I did my master's degree with homeless mentally ill uh, men in an inpatient program at Bellevue. Um, and that was about the time that we were also displaced for 9-11. So it mm-hmm. was it, it was incredibly powerful. Um, but I wanted to do drama therapy all my life, but then I I put aside being an actress because I didn't want to be a starving artist and be waiting tables when I was 30. Uh, Something, again, this inner drive. I have no idea how I knew this. It's just something that's been in me ever since I can remember myself. And I said I have to find something that I can, you know, know, have you heard, uh, Andy, of ikigai, the Japanese uh, word?
0: No, how do you spell that? I-K-I-G-A-I. Okay, I'm gonna look it up and put in the show notes, everybody.
1: Exactly. So it's basically four concentric circles where it's your your uh, passion, your mission. Uh, so it's what you're good at, what you love doing, what the world needs, and what you can get paid for. And you kind of need all four of those to be able
0: to. So it's have- kind of like a Venn.
1: It's exactly a Venn, and right in the middle is your your. Ta, your, your reason nice. for being, the reason for getting up in the morning, and I am so blessed to live in my ikigai. So I was looking for okay. So so the drama therapy is great. The pay that the pay is like a starving artist. Okay, where else can I take these skills and the group leadership and the, the 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 fact that I love being in front of of crowds? And again, we have another aha angel singing moment. I was um, taking a, a post grad course in in group uh and in in Mm -hmm. dynamics and one of the speakers said oh she's this friend who travels the world and gives workshops in front of people and again I was like oh that's what I want to be when I grow up Uh, and I started checking and lo and behold at NYU there was a postmaster's program in training and organizational Mm -hmm. development signed up for that sent my resume out to the first place I saw hiring corporate trainers um, on Craigslist of all places and it looked the same then as it does now. And I was uh, hired as oh one factor for Boyer Communications Group, which is a wonderful, wonderful. Um,
0: That's journey. like a real bona fide deal there that you landed right away. Yeah. Well,
1: part of my interview was um, Brad Boyer, who is the owner in my you know, spiritual father, and, and he, he taught me so much about what I know. Um, he said, I have to see you on stage. And I just happened to be in an off Broadway show. I was playing in Irish Lesson, in uh, World War II. Uh, and, and he came to see it. And the next day I got a call. He said, I've seen no, all you're hired. And she's like, You know how sometimes you have that feeling in your stomach yeah. petrified? Yes. I came to know that that's the feeling that I'm right in the right place I need to be. When when you feel that feeling of, oh my God, I, how am I going to do this? I'm supposed to travel all over the world giving workshops. I have to set up my own travel. I was 20, 26, seven, seven I mean, it was like, oh, what am oh, I? And I had to open a corporation because I was hired to subcontract and deal with all these things around it. And it was, it was totally petrifying, but I got to travel the world teaching people how to Create powerful messages, deliver them. Working with executives, working with salespeople, working with very technical people, and it was just a blast. And I got to I got to go everywhere—from Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. to South Africa, to Taiwan, to um,
0: India. I mean, all over. Oh my gosh! In your 20s and in so much responsibility, preparing you for even greater work is what I believe. When you get hit with all of that and you're having to step up, yeah. and I love that you had such a a broad range of types you had to work with. So, you know, salespeople are already bringing a lot of uh, empathy and a lot of jazz and juice to what they're doing. But you had to talk with the tech people as well. But
1: the who- hardware, the hardware. So so it, I, one of my favorite things was like to work, in, walk into a workshop that I was giving for like very highly technical people and to say to them that by the time we were finished, they would be salespeople for the organization. They, they, they did not like hearing that. but <laughs> At the end of the sessions, they got what I was saying because we all have a responsibility to sell our messages, our ideas, our thoughts whatever product we're working on, whatever startup solution we're working on. And if we can't do that in a way that's persuasive for other people.
0: It's, and folks, you know, whether you're doing your business as a side hustle or not, this is such important information that Donna just gave us. And I'm I'm gonna just say right now, it just left me with this feeling right here. Hold on, wait for it. It's an Andy-licious moment, everybody. Here's why, because even if you're the introvert and in the tech department, you have to share your innovation. You have to manage up. You have to get constituency. You have to get collaboration happening and community happening. And no matter how shy or insecure you might be feeling, getting that messaging and knowing how to say it. See, this is the key, folks. It's not rocket science. You know, this is what Donna will teach you and teaches everyone is the words, the vocabulary, putting it together so that it's in your voice. But gosh, Donna, having a script. <laughs> it
1: absolutely helps. And, and what I do when I work with people and, and, and I pivoted to startups, That's a whole other little story we can get into if you're interested. But. Yeah,
0: I want to know how you pivoted because you know, working for the, the the people, the companies with budgets is a wonderful thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. start with budgets too. And they're just more careful with how they use it. But, um, so, so it, it's, it's about helping them. I say, I take your words and I elevate them. I'm not putting words in your mouth. I have this filter in my brain. It's backed by AI and machine learning and deep learning. And I have no idea what else goes on in there, but something happens. I swear, Andy, I finished a session working on anything from Kubernetes to biotech to uh, a a game that you dare your friends to to do and everybody kind of watch. I don't know. There's crazy wild things out there. And I've reached the end of the two-hour session and I've written this script and I know what I, I could present it for them. And they're sitting there like, like, how did you do this? this is like an out-of-body experience like so somebody said to me yesterday because I told them that their technology is auto magic and then they said well your process is automatic mm-hmm. so I said yeah kind of is uh I don't know something takes over the music did you say auto magic auto magic it just magically happens um so and- yeah it's 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 fun it's exciting it's exhilarating and it's like I'll get the deck beforehand I'll get the, the pitch and my brain just goes oh my god you can't be serious and then we walk out two hours later and it's it's like somebody that goes through a big haircut you know you, you take right. someone that's got a beard and this right
0: and they're all clean shaven it's a, it's a makeover what a different person yeah that's different. but I bet you hear especially from tech founders oh my gosh I've been trying to figure out how to say that for years yeah, 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 yeah. and you just nailed it for me yeah
1: Yeah, and like yesterday, even with with one of uh, my clients. uh, Hi, Claire. Um, It's one of my clients. um, Yesterday, and they had this incredible kind of expression for what it is that they're doing, but they didn't get how brilliant it was in the play of words. And I said, "Do you understand what you're doing here?" And suddenly they're like, "Oh my gosh! It's like we knew this, but we never were able to look at it that way." Sometimes you're so close to your own story, to your own thing that you don't even realize the utter brilliance that you are bringing. And then I come in and look at it with like a bird's eye view. And I'm like, do you realize what you're doing here? Do you realize how big this is? Do you realize where you could potentially go with this? Because people are afraid sometimes to talk about their big vision because it's not where we are right now.
0: You're on the road to that big vision. You have to paint that picture. And folks tuning in now or later, oh my gosh, right? This is what you need. And sometimes that time always it's great when you get an outside professional who is brilliant like donna to come in and not only just help you but give you that seal of approval the donna griffith seal of approval that you have some really good verbiage here that you have some great sound bites we just need to pull it all together in the right story in the right unfolding in the right framework I'm just going to say hello to some of our viewers here. Hey, Janetta, bye. How are you? I'm so excited that you're here. Don't forget to put your business name and URL into the comment threads with a little one-liner so that we can say "yoo-hoo" and can celebrate your work. And hey, Claire, how you doing? I'm so glad she's saying Donna is amazing. Everyone, and And I agree. 100% 100% with you, Claire. And uh, hey, Ruby Sunshine, the financial joyful school goddess, how are you? I'm so happy you're tuning in. And yes, you know how all about how important it is to have the right message to convey what you're doing, whether it's a pitch deck, everybody, or just how you are in conveying your services in uh, in social media and other locations. And hello, our EVOO goddess Laura Khureshi, how you doing? How's Zazé? So happy to see you here. And she's saying hi from Boston. Excited to hear. Excited to hear and learn, Laura. Absolutely. And that's right, Ruby. You you've got it down. We are celebrating Ruby's Financial Joy School right here. Yay! Ruby is helping uh, Black families really nail their financial literacy and build generational wealth through that. So it's great. Oh, and Ruby, come join. Um,
1: we have a wonderful um, community that I started with several um, friends slash colleagues called Women Founders Unite. And, and it's on Facebook. And it's an incredibly diverse, supportive community. And that's exactly what we're there to empower women to make a difference in other Donna. In- Life. Yeah,
0: I'm going to get that URL and put that into the show notes. That is so important that we continue to empower. You've seen the hashtag women empowerment, female empowerment, women empowering women. It's so important. And, you know, this is what I love about Laura. She knows the drill here. She's putting it up. Z-A-A-Z-E-Y.com. Early harvest cold-pressed extra virgin olive oil mission has created sustainable jobs with higher paying wages for women around the world our mm-hmm. pickers rakers packers are mostly moms that need an opportunity to have their voices heard okay so what she's saying is you know female farmers all right that's where she is getting her olive oil so it's so incredible yep. and yay ruby she says i'm gonna go join now we'll yay! see you there ruby We love that. Yeah. And don't worry, Laura, I will get that URL too. And Ruby, if you have it, pop it into the show notes. Okay. And we can pop it up here as well for everyone to see while we're live. All right, Donna, this is amazing. Now, you know, I have to talk about this every show because it's something I want to continue and always be drilling into my founders because your value prop is a hypothesis until you prove it again and again, and it's constantly being reiterated along the way. You had this shift from going, you know, bringing incredible value to corporate America and really honing your skills and traveling around the world. So exciting. But then you decided to have another value prop. You decided to go after a different customer segment. You had to figure out what was the distribution channel you were going to use to get there and how you were going to reach those folks. So please talk about that.
1: So um, I was traveling, workshops, one on one. Everything was great. And then came 2008, bit of deja vu for the past year and a half now. Uh, Yes. Way, but very similar. Um, And everything just kind of shut down. The first thing that, that enterprise shuts off is anything non-essential, non-essential travel, non-essential training, which both kind of is where uh, we fit in. And it was just suddenly like calendar clear. And it's like, oh my gosh, what do I do now? I haven't had a nine to five job. I've never worked for, what, do I go get a job? What? Now, uh, I, I started, you know, I, I studied coaching and NLP, not the technical NLP, the other, and yeah. linguistic programming. Mm-hmm. And I was working with people on that. And then one of my mentors there um, introduced me to a client of his who needed work on his professional speeches. And he was a cardiothoracic surgeon, um, brilliant guy, put him in front of three people to operate on a day. He could save them. put him in front of a PowerPoint. <laughs> he needed saving. So I worked with him on his professional speeches. And he said, you know, do you, do you do startup decks as well? I have two medical devices that I've invented. And I'm invited to this angel conference in New York to give two five-minute pitches. And I don't know where to start. Well, I mean, here, here we go. Pivotal moment. Oh, I was like, well, I've never worked on a startup pitch, but a story is a story. I'll give it a crack. So I created two beautiful five minute pitches, told a story. I even took my hand at designing visually. That's not my forte, but I, I, you know, it was good enough for back in 2008. And then we actually traveled and I presented on his behalf. That doesn't happen usually, but he was a high enough, you know yep. a sometimes
0: did. cmo's within the organization will present the, the sure. you know, founding well, I was founders active,
1: uh, contingency member of <laughs> right the and then the other startups that had had this been invited to this conference got up to speak and my heart just broke for them because the first 17 seconds they were just shot down i was like well, why would they come to an opportunity with 80 something angels sitting in a room and not have taken someone like me to help them prepare the pitch that's right and it was like, ding, you know, OK, I started exploring and I said, well, there aren't I don't see anyone out there doing this with startups. And I was like, OK, here's my new audience. I'm going to be working with startups and their pitches. And then come the voices, you know, the voices of concern. Startups don't have money. They're not going to pay you. Startups don't think they need you. You know, the, the, the voices of concern that that I, I suggest that you all say thank you for your concern and then move on and do what you you, you feel is right
0: definitely going to second that everybody take that in go ahead
1: so and then it was like okay how am I going to get these startups so I started doing what I call sponsorship as a service Spass. <laughs> and I started offering um accelerators and pitch competitions and remember this was still like 2000, this 2000, is brilliant early, early days is that like the, the yeah. next surge dot uh, post.com bomb of of startups and I said, listen, let me prepare the startups that are going to be pitching in their quick pitch, in their five-minute pitch. Um, in return, don't pay me. Put my logo as a sponsor and mention my name at the pitch event. So people start to hear, you know, who this right. Donna is. And, and it worked. First of all, the pitches were great, if I do say so myself. Uh, and then people were like, who's this Donna person that's making these startups? Are these pitches good? And, and little by little, I started getting people interested and fast forward to today and my schedule is booked out to the second week of november so nice away so i'm extraordinarily blessed um a lot of it's word of mouth people are happy they they talk people are unhappy they talk too but so you want to keep them happy
0: yeah and but also i want anybody who's in a service industry to take this in And really understand, you know, part of getting the word out is doing something like in-kind services, sponsoring events locally, nationally, you know, even though a lot of things have been on a virtual level, there's still so much opportunity to serve and then get your word out at the same time. And you will have an abundance of responses from that. You'd be surprised at what a lift you can get from doing that. I love that, Donna.
1: One of the things about the Ikigai, it's also, it's it's the thing that if secretly you would do if they weren't paying you, because you just love doing it so much, it's like being in that zone and that, that the flow, like chick and Holly talks about, and, and and you see it in the movie Soul recently, uh, I watched it with my girls, and and it's so true because I love it, so the reward is intrinsic, and even if I hadn't gotten business out of these events, I just was so happy doing You have to be in that state of mind. You That's can't right. expect like the, the the money to come rolling in afterwards you're planting seeds and i still see like I'll, I'll get emails from people that like oh i saw a speech of yours like eight years ago and i kept your card and i knew there would be a time where i'd reach out which right. is incredibly flattering and and exciting and then also i'll have clients that return with their next company and oh and sure it's it's really just it's great it's sorry
0: well, no, I just going to say anytime you need to really be out there and presenting and bringing your best forward, it's just like learning how to talk to the camera. It's like learning, you know, your own hair and makeup. It's like learning, you know, some of the other skill sets. It's so important that you refine and you get the pros in for mm-hmm. that. And someone like you, I just love that. And I just love how you pivoted and exhibited that wonderful founder brilliance. Folks, you're a founder because you love to solve problems. And so the most important thing to remember is, is that about yourself, right, Donna, that even when things come to a screeching halt and you hear crickets like Donna did in 2008, well, what else is on the horizon? How else can you be in you got that it. word that I can't pronounce, your true purpose? <laughs> yes, ikigai. guy. <laughs> so ikigai.
1: And here we are again, fast forward March 2020, similar similar feelings Mm -hmm. and I could see the world shutting down again and I'm like oh Benny you're done that what did I learn last time around and I pulled out my 2008 playbook dusted off the cobwebs and the two things that really stood out for me was one if you can bring true value to your audience that really needs your solution you will always have work and two um Again, come back to that place of being in service, giving away knowledge, giving away information because it it gives you visibility. So I started partnering with all kinds of organizations that work with startups and doing webinars, helping them for raising funding in uncertain times and and pivoting your story along with your technology. Technologies had to pivot overnight. Oh my gosh. Where they were relevant. I, you know, I, I started writing content. I started getting things out there. I started approaching corporate again, because I said, you know, people are going to be working from home. They don't know how to present in a, in a good uh, day right. on zoom. And, and I'll just, you know, I reworked a workshop that I had taught in 2003, 2004 on remote meetings before we even had video. It was just audio back then and brought in the whole zoom aspect. And within Three months of you know a real slowdown, which is alarming. And my husband has a startup, so it, we're too... Uh, oh, trust here,
0: me, <laughs> <laughs> adult at home, <laughs> gig workers, so to speak. So,
1: yeah, yeah, and and it's it's scary, but if you keep the faith, keep the focus, and bring true value, you will always work. And pre- I mean, my business now is better than it was before COVID started. I, I,
0: oh. Donna, that makes my heart sing with joy. Hooray for you. Hooray. That is so good. Um, thank you, Ruby, for grabbing the Facebook group URL. You're amazing. Facebook.com backslash groups backslash women founders unite. I will have that in the threads. You're the best. And I uh, Lauren is saying, Donna, brilliant ideas. Love how you were willing to help the small businesses while thinking outside of the box. We learn from our experiences, giving away information, knowledge, and story. Awesome stuff, Donna. Thank Thank you, you. Laura, for that. It's so good. So let's dive in to your advice, tips, and tips for creating a quick and powerful startup pitch. And, And, you know, as many folks know i co-host a pitch event a started pitch event here in boston i've been doing it for 3 years where our founders only have 99 seconds to wow. share their value prop oh. so that's like four slides and and then of course They have three to four minutes with the audience. So you get lots of more questions and you can dive in more into your business and present more. And then they get an additional two minutes with our expert panelists who happen to be investors. So, you know, it's really not a 99 second pitch when you add all those other minutes in, but still it's a lot to get honed into just a short period of time. First, I want to know, how do you work with founders? Like how, what's the onboarding process? How does that work? So it's it's
1: quick, efficient. It's a whirlwind in and out and on with life. I, I, I know that for a founder, um, your time is your most precious commodity. And the time that people spend working and reworking the deck is taking them away from growing their company, from meeting clients, from enhancing their product, from whatever it is that they do. And it's not a core competency for everyone. And it's, uh, it's it, even, even I've, I've had founders that are, were former marketers and they'll call me up embarrassed. Like, you know, I used to do this for my own clients and now I'm just stuck and, and <laughs> you know, it's okay. And it, 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 it's, it's because, it, again, when I have to write about myself, I wish I had me that I could kind of pull out and tell me what to write. It's really, really hard. So um, they, we schedule, a, if they have a, you know, a regular investor pitch, it's a two hour session. Um, they get prep work from me that if you take a look at my website under donagriffitt.com under resources, um, I have several guides. So one is like the ultimate cheat sheet for the investor deck. There's an ultimate cheat sheet for the sales deck, ultimate cheat sheet for the competition deck. So for the quick pitch for like the five minute opportunity, and then a bunch of other goodies there that you all are welcome to, to it's like, I feel like sometimes like I was a chef with a Michelin star restaurant. do you know, I mean, um, <laughs> But I, I, I actually published my um, recipes, my, my cookbook, and people are like, why are you giving that away? And I said, listen, some people are going to cook it at home and just be thrilled and be so excited and it tastes great. Some people are going to be like, I want to come to that restaurant and have her cook it for me. And that happens more often than not, that, that people have read this and they're like, okay, now I want to work with you because you can, right. so I wrote it as the recipe and I wrote it as guidelines for my clients. So they get that, they prep the deck. I will not take the meeting if you didn't do the prep work in the right way, because I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to spend our two hours together looking for stats and figures and numbers and sifting through mountains of data. Not, not, not my jam, not the way it works. Um, and then two hours, I ask them questions. The answer goes through the magic filter, the auto magic filter, and out comes the story. And in real time, I start writing it for them, moving slides around, scripting out their speaker's notes, um, writing visual notes for the designer. I am not a designer. I know what I'd like to see. And i write in designers that it's almost like they can see inside my head and be like, ah, okay, that's what she means. And that's it. Two hours go by. In a flash, we go back and forth. They make corrections. I ask them, is this right? And then they see the screen the whole time. And then bada bang, bada bang, we emerge to our... Boom, room.
0: guys, two Boom. Back. hours. You know that you're on YouTube trying to watch other people's pitches and figure things out over a two to three, four, five, six hour period, everywhere you're going and you're still struggling and you know you're not coming out with the kind of traction or connections you need. Oh my gosh, Donna. So when, you know, You make it very easy for the founders. And remember, founders, this is an investment in you. Your business will succeed when you succeed. Okay. So you have to continually up your game so that your business can improve and get better as well. And, you know, there's no school for founderhood or the founder journey. There's just, it's just not out there. It's you being willing to step out and step out there. You know, Donna, same thing. She had to go through a lot when she was figuring things out along the way and hiccups will happen. Life events happen. Outside circumstances will happen and you need to constantly be changing your story and working and enhancing what you do. And what I love about this, Donna, is that you may, you not only make it easy for the founder, but you really understand that the founder's time is so precious and can you imagine, founders, just having the relief of not having to worry about whether or not your pitch is okay?
1: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I just... That it's- is that thing, that, that it, it, <sighs> it's like that sense of... I want them to walk away with a sense of like release, of relief, like, yes, we've got it. We can stop going around in circles with it. We've, we've, we've
0: nailed it. That's right. Now, my other question is, <clears throat> I would always see, you know, at our pitch event, the the founders falling down with the first slide, because a lot of times, you know, they go right into their story and everybody loves their story. But then it's like, well, what's this business? You know, what's important to you with that first slide, Don? And how do you work with folks with that opening?
1: Okay. So, um, I mean, in a 99 second pitch, it's a totally different story.
0: Right. But no, traditional, you have your five Let's minute talk pitch. about
1: Like the investor pitch. Yes. Talk about storytelling.
0: Yeah. So a lot of people,
1: storytelling is a big buzzword. Everybody says storytelling is so important and da, da, da. But really, do they know what storytelling is? So there's a few different facets to storytelling. One is the structure, the framework. So stories have been around pre-language. We started seeing cave paintings 52,000 years ago, which is about the same time that we got a new part of our brain the prefrontal cortex, which is in charge of visual expression, visual recognition. So we were able to start expressing ourselves. People told stories around the campfire and passed on information that was memorable for generations. Um, so so looking back at Greek tragedy, Shakespeare, Moliere, Chekhov, they wrote in acts, four-act play. And even today in movies, you don't feel the acts as much, but there's certain structures to, there's about eight movie scripts that get written again and again and again. Yet we go see the movies because it looks different. There's twists, there's characters, but the structures that we kind of know what's going to happen, you know, you have, so you could just sit back and enjoy it. So I'm, I'm looking out my window now. There's four houses across the street from me and they all look different, but they all have something in common. They all have a frame and a foundation. It's not like I look back past and say, well, they have a really nice frame. I can't see the frame. I can see the window dressings in the garden and the patio and, and the paint on, on it. But if the frame wasn't there, it would all fall down. So first of all, you need a story frame for your pitch. Okay. And it could be a sales pitch, an investor pitch, whatever. And it's chunked into four acts. And it's basically the typical hero's journey. So the problem or the need, what is it that you're, or the opportunity. It, could, it doesn't have to be something serious that you're solving. It could be a new, amazing thing you're bringing into people's lives. And the best way to tell that is through a story. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. What the best first piece of it is it's to. First of all, you want to talk about your big vision. We'll get to that in a second. I'll bring me back to that because that's an important one. But your story, your origin story, your founder story, how did you encounter this as a problem in your life, in someone you love like? I'm working with a client called Cure Life, and he's created this incredible platform for diabetes management and also supplements that take blood sugar down and minimize the need for insulin. And his father was diagnosed in his 50s with diabetes and he saw this man who loved life and loved eating suddenly have to give up the things and and kind of started fading and he said i am going to find something to help my father and he did and and so we're working on their series b deck we worked on their series a deck and 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 it's just incredible to me the drive so find your passion story it could be yours it could be your partners it could be something that you identified in the world at large and you said i have a skill set i have knowledge and i have a drive
0: that I want to tackle this. That's right. And you founders, you know, of course, I have to admit, Laura, all my, I mean, sorry, Donna, all my businesses came to me as a stray cat at the door, yowling until I let them in. It was never my intention to launch the, and especially a food business with a shelf life. What was I thinking? I had no idea, but they came in, in the form of a passion, a calling, so to speak. So you may have a problem that you were personally involved with, right, Donna? But it sometimes it can also be something that you're just like, I got to go and add value in this particular way to the world.
1: Yeah. 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 And again, we sometimes have to pivot that. And I saw a lot of startups um, that were dealing with technologies that were rendered irrelevant once COVID hit. Yeah. Say okay, great. How can we now pivot this and make it relevant for the pains happening in the world now? Whether it's logistics and supply chain, which is a major mess right now, whether it's education, tech, collaboration, remote. I mean, we're not going back to offices. I, I know yeah. there most offices. Yeah, going to start to see that completely shifting. I was working yesterday with a major VC, super exciting thing I can't uh, disclose Mm -hmm. right now, but they're raising a series of four 250 million funds to address the biggest problems that we face as society, as humanity, Mm as people. And it's just, it's incredible to see the investments being made in making our lives better. One of the things that's going to change is how we work.
0: Absolutely. I mean, we had uh, the wonderful founder of Bola Solutions on. She is working with corporations to help them hire women who are also moms, who are not willing to have that The pandemic is tough on
1: women, but on the other hand, it's given many women opportunities that we didn't have because suddenly right. there's this flexibility. I've had this flexibility for years. I never took yeah. maternity You and
0: I didn't know that this was, you know, but for so many folks having to be seen yeah. between a period yeah. of time absolutely, and not I mean, measured I, by I results. Took
1: babies everywhere with me. I took them to speeches and to workshops and I was changing diapers and nursing as I was coaching pitches and, and you know. On on video, like up to here and down there, I had her on a little cushion. And, but that's just what we do as women, and women are incredible uh, jugglers. And that is, I think, such an advantage to having women. And the whole idea of, oh well, what if you have kids, or oh well, what if you have to pick up your kid from school? Dads don't do it. Yeah, they do. I have an incredible husband who he he drops
0: off in the mornings because I start early mornings. And and, oh, it, Donna. You would love our last guest, uh, Jessica Kim's story. She finally had had it up to here with investors asking her about the babies. And they said, because now she's pregnant with her third and she's pitching. And they're like, oh, my gosh. She goes, oh, not to worry. This is my sixth kid. I'm, I've got this. And they were like, oh, my little, wow, sixth. Like, no, <laughs> so then she goes, I was just kidding. It's really my oh. third. But because it helped, it helped oh. them so quickly. <laughs> I've got two, and I'm like, okay, that's, that's about No, all. but you know, I'm it helps you. I'm only
1: kidding, but you know, then yeah, let's yeah, get no, on to no, the, let's the get mission. Icebreaker. See the shock on their faces. It's <laughs>
0: been fun. Anyway, so um, we're going back to, oh my gosh, I lost my train of thought. So we are going through the four acts. Yes. So the four acts. So the first act is the problem, the
1: need, or the opportunity. The second act is your hero who's going to come to save the day. What is it? You need to be able to explain in one simple sentence, your simple solution statement. We do X for Y by Z, okay? We're a technological platform that enables um, diabetic patients to manage, thrive, and live the lives they love. I mean, that's not exactly the line, but just something that anyone can understand. And then as fast as possible, you want to take them into a demo, which doesn't have to be a video. It can be just a journey, a user journey. You want to showcase your product through the story of one of your users, whether it's a real user or an imagined user. And what you can do is you can tell their story before when you're talking about the problem, which I call a deconstructed user story. So it's even more powerful because you're trying to tick a bunch of boxes with investors. You're trying to up your credibility level with them. So you show that you know what you're talking about and you really understand your audience. You're trying to up your likability level, which is um, showing flexibility of thought, coachability. If they ask you a question, not getting mad and getting snippety, but, you know, taking in their feedback and momentum. How far have you gotten? How much traction do you have? Numbers, facts, figures, dates to show people are buying. You've got engagement. So those evidence. are the things you constantly want to be touching on, and then so in the demo, by showing a user journey, you're showcasing your product and you're showing. Oh, we have users that love us, and let them have testimonials. People love you. It's a huge social proof. Um, and then the so that's the, the third, third act, act today is the business. All right, the numbers, your competitive landscape, your business model, your go to market, market analysis, all that good stuff to show that there is a business case. But note that we waited till the third act for that. You can definitely, when you're talking about your problem, mention this is the $400 billion market, that it will be by 2030. And so that they understand that this is a big market. Um, and But the business, first they need to buy into the need, the story, see what you're doing, and then see the numbers that, that kind of make it make sense. Right. And well, finally act four is the, okay, the aftermath. Where does our hero go from here? How is our hero gonna go off and do even bigger things? That's where your big vision for the future comes in. So we've started here, but we intend to become the right.
0: whatever it is. The, the, Proof of scalability, everybody. Even if, you know, you would be thrilled and everybody would be thrilled if you hit 10 million, 50 million, 500 million. investors always have that little seed in their brain called unicorn.
1: Or yesterday I heard rhinoceros for the first time. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's the companies that are, you know, they may not achieve unicorn status, but they've got that hard shell that they are holding strong. Nice. Uh, so and they're well on their way so i like that better than cockroaches because yeah. that's also a same <laughs> no,
0: no i'm really into this rhinoceros this is wonderful term because you know but i love how you're doing now where do you talk about the team the people who are going to execute in- the business so okay so here's the thing with the team people tend to want to start with
1: the team if it's going to add to your credibility if you've got big names serial entrepreneurs people that have worked at big companies and, and held high level positions, absolutely put the team at the beginning, right before you start your story. If you're just a great group of scrappy entrepreneurs, this is your first try at it. You can wait until a little bit later on and do it in the business section, right before you head into your fourth act. Uh, it's not that you're not going to introduce yourself and whoever's with you in the meeting. You're, of course, you're going to say, hi, I'm Donna. Oh, this is Andy, my partner, who's this, but deeper diving. And then you want to highlight your team's assets, what they bring to the table, not their entire resume.
0: Right, right. not just their titles. You know, what, how, how they deliver. So wonderful. Hey, Claire, I love this. Claire is saying that the pandemic made me start my new project yes. and she shared it right here. Let's give a round of applause. Graceful Dot app, everybody. You glow, Claire. I want to know more about graceful dot app. Anyway, that's so exciting. And Laura, yes, uh, Laura loved the anthropology around storytelling. Donna, you are awesome. And Jeanette is saying so true about everything that you're putting out. And then uh, excellent points as well from Laura. And of course, she would like the relief as well from <laughs> the pitch. It's okay that you don't know. You know what to do with your business to create income and revenue and and make customers happy. And you just need, you know, just that you want to have some more oxygen in. And this pitching is so important. And now, what other like last thoughts do you have to share? Like, what about that closing slide? What do you want everybody to to land on? So let's go back to I
1: said before you even do the first act, you have like an uh, interlude, like like the the the. the... Prelude, excuse me. Yes. um, That's your vision statement. So Simon Sinek, who's wonderful, if you haven't watched speeches of his, I highly recommend it, everyone. Um, So he says, people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. So it's about figuring out your big vision. So you might want to throw that out at the very beginning to kind of say, make them go, whoa, this is going to be big. Then you go back, you tell the whole story. But then at the end, you reach for it. But there's one more thing. We are doing really great what we're doing, but we intend to grow this bigger, more markets, more products, bigger vision. Maybe instead of it just being for diabetes, this can be something that will help manage all chronic diseases that need continuous maintenance and continuous management. Get them excited about something even bigger. And again, and I hear this a lot with women founders because we as women tend to be very factual and very precise, but I'm not there yet. You must paint a bigger picture. You must toot your own horn. Nobody's going to do it for you. I always ask uh, when working with women founders that feel a little bit like, ah, well, that's not modest. And can I say that? Would a Stanford grad 24-year-old guy, dude, (laughs) excuse me, walking into an investor meeting, owning the room, have any qualms about painting the big vision? And the answer is probably no. And we need to think that way. We really need to think Absolutely. that way. Absolutely. And as women, we also need to know our numbers inside and out because we will be scrutinized under a 10x bigger magnifying glass. It's just the way it is. I hope it changes. It's the way it is now. So
0: don't get mad. Get ready. Get ready. And you know, I like to always bring out Debbie Clinton's book, everybody. Uh, first pitch, because in it she has this great chapter, chapter seven, confronting bias in the pitch process and I'm sure you deal with that too Donna is you know the the challenge of the different questions that get asked women it's just a fact of life folks mm-hmm. and there's really wonderful techniques to bringing them back around right Donna from
1: absolutely absolutely so um, again you don't want to get mean and and, and talking unless it's been something completely offensive and then I would I would I would calmly and yeah. you would always end the meeting. If, if it's something completely, but sometimes investors, whether to men or to women are asking pointedly challenging questions just to see how we respond. Yeah. And you want to respond, man, woman, and, and everyone um, and non-binary. Anyone, we just want to respond from the place of. Right. Collect. Don't get offended. It's, it's they're not attacking your baby. They want to see how you respond in tough situations.
0: So. Now the the pitch is done. What is that like call to action that has to happen at the end? so you can get that coveted meeting? Yeah. Because a lot of times it's like any questions? Thank you. Yeah. You know. what else? So,
1: so you want to kind of close it off nicely with with the story, but and and sort of tie a bow from the uh, the beginning vision to the end, how you're going to get there. But you also need an ask. How much are you looking for? What will be the main allocations? You don't have to write paper clips on it, but but the main things like you know product development and enhancement team expansion, sales and marketing, uh, community activation, wherever your things. But you also want to write a round objective. This will take us to eighteen months and X million dollars in sales, X yes. customers. You know they want to see where this money will take you because investors, when they're writing a check now, they're also on the hook for your next round. If they don't join your next round, unless they're just C investors and you're gonna move into series A, that's not a good signal for others. So they need to see that if they're putting money in now, this is something viable. Under promise over deliver, be realistic about what you can do with the money. There are hiccups along the way. Nobody expected
0: COVID. so I know. So when you're done, though, do you, you so just saying thank you? Like, what is do you wait for the investor to say? Oh, we'd love to get more information, or can I oh, send you this? It's and meeting. it's not usually a like a pitch event. You're up, you're pitching. Right. You know, it, it's
1: much more fluid. It's a great. It. Way they're asking you questions and having a conversation because that means they're interested. So don't get mad at the questions. Just be ready. And also on my resources page, I've created a cheat sheet of like hundred plus of the questions you'll usually get from investors prepare for the questions just as much as you'd prepare for your pitch have answers to the tough questions and if they ask you something that you don't know it's okay to say you know what great question can i get back to you but you can't defer every single question to do that um but usually there'll be something so you want to find that action you want to find a way if they say, oh, I want to interview you to the partners. Oh, ooh, I have a great connection here. Or they want to start the due diligence process. If not, you follow up a few at, at the that right after the meeting, a few hours later, thank them, mention something that you learned in the meeting, like something specific. Yeah. And then if you don't hear back, follow up like four days later, then another week later. I usually do three or four follow ups until yeah. I like render them. OK, thank well, you,
0: Donna, for that, because yeah, it's it's the it's. The finale, you know, the curtain's about to go down, and you know, you want to leave everybody feeling good (laughs) at the end of the fourth act. I love that. And hey, Abraham, how are you doing? Abraham's the founder of Pitch Gauge. What a story. We interviewed uh, Abraham in September. Folks, go back and hear his story. It's amazing. And I love this comment that he grabbed. It doesn't have to be a demo, it can be a user journey. Mm-hmm. That is really helpful to him. Thank you so much, Abraham, for chiming in on that. And I want to bring up, a, you know, one thing that you had me uh, share here, which is this beautiful quote about the magical influences of storytelling. Would you please read that? So Stuart Butterfield, who is the founder of a
1: company named Slack, which y'all might have heard of, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was interviewed on Masters of Scale on the podcast. And he said, if there were one piece of advice I could give to my younger self, Concentrate on the storytelling, on convincing people. If you can't do that, it doesn't matter how good the product is. And this is from someone who built a phenomenal product that's at the basis of so many companies and and, and people using it. But you can have the best product in the world if you don't know how to convey it simply, powerfully, and get people excited about it. It's just going to be another product on a shelf.
0: Oh my gosh! And folks. Here's Donna's slide right here. She's here for you, everybody. So reach out to Donna. You've seen the lower third going by, the ticker tape going by with all our contact info. Here it is here. And of course, we know what the group is, that we want to join the the female founders group. But this is where you can reach Donna, which is Donna at DonnaGriffith.com. And her website is DonnaGriffith.com. And find her on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. I'm going to have and medium. Oh, my gosh, that's great. And grab those resources and get a meeting set up with Donna. I think we were talking about, if you mentioned Andy Lyons, or you saw her here, she'll give you a little bit off the price, which is great, a little discount, which would be wonderful it's for her. Uh, Mention Andy's podcast and you will get the VIP. Yes. Excellent. This is so wonderful. So I just have... You know, two last questions, because, you know, you've been in this 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 founder journey, entrepreneurship has been how you've been living and going. And I know there have been times when you have felt your founder doubt, like in 2008 and then again with the pandemic. How did you shift? And you gave us some great advice about, you know, bringing value to the table and how you will always have work. But how did you shift your mindset during these tough times? Storytelling. Again, you know what?
1: I realized it very strongly in March 2020 um, that we are the masters of our story. We are the authors of our story. Now, sometimes people will, you know, I, I like a lot of people have moved from Silicon Valley to Texas now. It's been, there's been a big exodus. And I know that, I mean, I, I can't see myself living in Texas even though my mom and my family are originally from there. But I know that people will tell themselves the story that they have made the right choice, that they love it and, and they're super happy. So we have the opportunity to create our own narrative. And it's very important to not take in negativity. There was so much negativity, there's so much craziness going on now. Um, with, with conspiracy theories and things. Take the limit to what you take in and you choose how to tell your story. The whole first year of the pandemic and when we were all locked down, I chose, I, I created a hashtag, spread hope, not viruses. <laughs> and it was like, putting all these optimistic things in, yes, there's going to be a vaccine and yes, we're going to get out of this. If I'd known that it would have taken this long, I, I don't know if I would. <laughs> I know.
0: But optimism get the
1: optimism is my fuel.
0: Yeah, I love that advice. And I'm telling you right now, we're going to stitch that on a pillow, everybody. We are the masters of our story. That's it. Simple. And so, you know, when you're having those moments, you have to reframe them and put them into the proper perspective. I love that. Something fierce, Donna. Two more things. Yeah, love the VIP. Thank you, Laura. And Laura's also saying thank you, Andy for VIP access. Yeah, that's, yeah. Love that too, for sure. Thank you, Donna, for that. we had a, the slide up where everybody can you know, reach you, find you, hire you. Folks, do not let your business down. Do not let the opportunities down by thinking you can do this alone. This is like any high-risk, high-wire act you don't want to do it home alone. You want to get the pro in to help you. And look how easy Donna is to work with. She'll take you and your story and pull it together. And that will take one thing off your plate because it's hard enough to spend all the time you need to spend raising funds, okay, and raising capital with, no evidence of a positive outcome. Why not know that you feel great about your story, you know, great about your pitch, whether it's 90 seconds, five minutes, 10 minutes? You know that you can fill the time and you're doing it properly in a way that investors can sit back and enjoy your four acts because they know that you're going to deliver. And then it shows them that they can have confidence in you. Okay. Your ability to nail that pitch deck, right, Donna, gives them a lot of confidence in your ability as a founder.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: I love that. Thank you so much for joining me on the Startup Life Live show. You've been amazing. Thank you. Such a good conversation. I'm going to pop you to the green room, wrap the show up and give you a virtual hug as soon as I hit end broadcast. Thank you. Thank you, Donna, for adding value to Founders lives everywhere you glow. You are extraordinary.
1: Thanks for having me. You're lovely. And it was just great energy all the way from Boston to to California.
0: Donna's in Silicon Valley, right?
1: Yes, I am. Yeah. So you're in the heart
0: of the world. All right, everyone. We had the best time, right? Learning about how to tell the stories and how to bring more of what investors want to hear. I am deeply grateful to Donna for helping us remember so many. I, mean, I have so many gems written down here um, from the storytelling, her auto magic, as well as we are the masters of our own story. So I know you grabbed a lot of gems from our conversation and we'll continue. And please connect with Donna everywhere she glows. So, coming up, next Friday. That's right. It's Fab Female Friday here in the Startup Life live show. And it's uh, Friday, October 22nd at 12 p.m., et 9 PT, and we're going to continue the investor pitch conversation with Latina serial entrepreneur, investor, and venture capitalist Renata Marino. She's been on both sides of the table, and she's ready to help you navigate the investor question process with her outstanding advice but also you are going to love hearing how she got to where she is today because she does not hold back. She takes us through the whole journey. I know you'll love it. And how do you know where to go for the next show? You join the Startup Life Live meetup group. I'll have the links in the show notes. or If you're watching the screen here, you can scan that QR code and join us there. Um, would love to have you and see you in there. In the meantime, let me just share my last little bit of words of wisdom that I love to end the show with. And that is please always remember that you are braver than you believe and stronger than you seem. And oh yeah, wicked smarter than you think as we say here in Boston. You really are the master of your own story, and you've got this, and I am cheering you on wildly and wishing you a delicious day wherever you are. Stay in touch. Let me know how you're doing, okay? Blowing your kisses filled with appreciation from Boston.